Hello, it's Carmel Jane and welcome to the Carmel Jane Talks Business Podcast. The business that helps women dream bigger, believe bigger and make a difference. I want to help people by empowering themselves with outstanding businesses that give financial freedom and make a difference. Rather than working like men, we can work like women and create corporate cultures, opportunities and businesses that reflect that. Um, We are unearthing real stories from entrepreneurs about their journey to success. Get inspired and discover top tips, advice and real life experience on how to start a business, grow a business and create something you are truly proud of. Today, we actually have a man in the studio, my wonderful friend Ross Wilshire, who has a really kind, sensitive wedding photography business. He is really, his photos have such empathy, they are beautiful. And we're going to have see us how he's helped build his photography business in a very, very competitive market. He's got a book, he's got a podcast, and he really has been super successful in using different ways of promoting his business and showing his beautiful photos to the world. Listen in, this is going to be a great one. Um, I am with the wonderful Ross Wilshire. Welcome, Ross. Thank you very much for having me. Just, oh, I've been turning your microphone. <laughs> hello, hello. Am I Today's on now? Still, you're on now. We can hear. <laughs> First mistake of the day. I only do this once a week. I always get a little bit flummoxed, especially when things don't go quite according to plan. Um, so today's about photography. We're starting a little late. We've got Ross, who is a wonderful wedding photographer, and Lucy Newson, who's coming in a little bit later to talk about pet photography. Um, I'm just going to play another song so I can get my head together, get all the ads cued, and then we're going to be hearing from Ross all about how he uh, trained for wedding photography and some really fantastic and creative marketing ideas he's got. So stay on board uh, and we'll be back very shortly. The Carpenters, and we've only just begun, and this is true, this is my show that started at one o'clock, and we've only just begun now, I didn't plan that, but I think that was a pretty nifty link. What do you think, Ross? Yeah, very smooth, we like it. Very smooth. Style it out. I'm, I'm getting a hang of this uh, this radio presenter thing. Anyway, welcome Ross Wilshire from Ross Wilshire Photography. Thank you Thank very you much. Talk close to your microphone. Oh. Or, or move it closer to you even. Is that better? That's better. We oh, need to lovely. hear you. We oh, no. Hear you. Speak up. <laughs> so, Ross, you've been a wedding photographer or a photographer how many years now? Uh, my business started just over three years ago. But I met, I met you six years ago, didn't I? Mm, about five. About five about years five. ago. And Ross came to me because he was doing a City and Guilds course in the city, weren't you? Yeah, so I'd done two years and I was just about to start my third year, I think, when I met you. Yeah, and um, you're working full-time, you did the City and Guilds. I've got to say, if there's any aspiring photographers out there, I thought, from what I've seen of other people coming to me, I thought City and Guilds was excellent. Yeah, it was very much industry-based. So it was, it was marked on getting the exposure right and getting your settings right and using mm. your equipment properly and making sure all the images work together as a story. So, yeah, it wasn't just a sort of arty-farty, for want of a better yeah, phrase, Yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> that, that's a very good... Because I do see, I've interviewed a lot of photographers um, and, and creativity is a big part of photography. Oh, but you've got to have... I remember someone saying, a proper photographer is someone who can be creative in their head but know the technical stuff to... To imagine what's in their head and creative, not just take a ton of photos and then go, oh, this is what I... If you consciously produce something, then you're a photographer. And I think the technical is what does get missed out on some photography courses. Yeah, and the consistency, I think, as well. And And I saw that on my course because I would turn out we'd have sort of, you know, halfway through the semester, we'd have review sessions where we'd bring our work in progress. And there'd be some people bringing sort of hundreds of photos saying, I'm I'm not really sure what the theme is, but I kind of like this one, what do you think? And I'd be there with my like final 10 saying, these are the ones I'm using. And my tutor would be like, well, 
what, what you know what if they don't work I'm like no I've edited them I know what I want this is this is what I'm doing so yeah but I must I've got to say I'm not just saying this because you're here sitting in front of me in my radio show of all the people I've interviewed I thought your portfolio was probably one of the strongest especially for your level of experience you, I think you did something about horse racing didn't you yeah I did um the a photo essay on mm. a day at the races, mm. and so. they just the storytelling and the reportage and the the technical quality. But yeah, I loved looking at all your stuff. Thank you. And it, good proof that you know, good photography worked for me for a bit, and then went off and did his own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I learned a lot from you as well. From the, you know, I didn't have a business before that, so to see another photographer making you know a good living out of photography was really inspirational as well. Because that's it, I think, and we were talking off air, and any of, any of the She Clicks listeners are listening, I love, it's a Facebook group for women, um, and there's, I get quite humbled by the amazing photography that's on there, and there's landscapes, and there's some really creative, like, you know, with droplets, and I think... That's great if that's just your hobby, but it's very difficult to make money from photography, Absolutely. isn't it? And it's not about being mercenary. It's about saying if you love it and you want to give something, you have to earn enough money to continue doing it because photography kit isn't cheap. Not at all. No, that's very true. And it's about... I always knew when I was thinking of what projects I was going to do, um, what skills do I need to learn to have a business, you know, in this industry. Um, so so I, it wasn't just, oh, I... So you went, ah, because you were working in education, weren't you? You were working with kids and... Yeah, well, I worked in education uh, back home in Gloucestershire before I moved to Essex. Mm -hmm. And then I worked for a university in the Department of Education, so I thought it was going to sort of be similar themes, but it ended up being quite a lot of admin, uh, which is useful now. But uh, at the time, it, it wasn't inspiring me, and it wasn't using, you know, half of the skills I had. So I sort of thought, okay, let's, let's explore the photography thing. Um, and let's see if it's a viable option and let's go and train and learn from the beginning um, and get it right and not just sort of hedge my bets and sort of be that person that does a weekend course and then your friends and family love it, but actually, technically, it's, <laughs> yeah. not, it's not that you great. It's as good as your mum says you are. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and sometimes my mum's less enthusiastic than other people, so... Oh, no, you my mum thinks I'm amazing. You're amazing. like, mother, it doesn't count when it's you. I know you love me, but that's very now. But yeah, um, so it's interesting that you, when you were doing your sitting girls, you said, I want to, if, if I'm going to make a business of this and doing, choosing projects that could relate to real life, that could, they were giving you skills that could make you... Yeah, and I think I sort of cottoned on that photographing people was something that uh, is something that's obviously needed in, in different aspects. I chose to go into sort of the wedding photography, but, you know, from a commercial point of view or from families... Um, if you're skilled at portraiture and making people look good, oh. then um, you've got a chance of of making it work and making it happen. Yeah, absolutely good on you. So you, you went off and actually I got back in contact with Ross because we we're Facebook friends. And he, um, uh, Ross is gay and he, he wanted to do gay weddings or, or, or be inclusive, wasn't it? You said inclusive and diverse. Yeah, so... Yeah, it started off sort of niching into the same-sex weddings because obviously that's something I can identify with and, it, and it's not a very inclusive industry still, the oh. wedding industry. Um, so, yeah, I, I made sure my language was inclusive and, and, and obviously I had imagery that represented LGBT couples. Um, but then from that, that whole inclusivity thing sort of stretched a bit to include sort of brides that were, you know, 
over the age of 40 or 50 getting married or, you know, from different cultures. And, and it is still very a sort of slim, white, heterosexual imagery that we see in the wedding <laughs> you magazine. Know, it is. Because I, I, I got in contact to say, just to say, hey, good on you, because you didn't say, I'm the gay wedding photographer. You said, I photograph love. And, yeah. and you had beautiful, and actually I think quite gentle images. I mean, they're, they're amazing, they're creative. And you, your whole thing was, I photograph love. So you didn't have to do what it says on, you know, you didn't have to kind of shout about your niche because you just created it. And it was, it was, it was a so lovely story. I said, oh, Ross, and then Ross came to see me, we got chatting, we'd be back in contact ever since. <laughs> yeah. I think he first came to see me, I had about a three hour cup of coffee, didn't I? I know, <laughs> as ever, yeah. But I, I did lo I love, and I think niching, and I've said this before about my business, when I stopped doing weddings and I said, I am a dance school photographer, and I was all pink and swirly and I really appealed to dance schools. And I think niching is, so important and, and now you're established your niche is more diverse and actually your, your niche is love and inclusivity isn't it yeah it is really it's just making people feel good about themselves because I think there's a lot of photographers that technically are great and their lighting is on point and their posing is great um, and they're editing but they can edit and pose so much that the, the underlying message is you only look good in this lighting, from this position, <laughs> if I edit out all your flaws. So I think there's something really empowering about saying to people, this is all you need to do to be photogenic. And I'm seeing those photos and saying, wow, this is just us being us and we look good. And but people look good when they look happy and very genuinely happy. When they're relaxed, yeah. And I do say, I think it is a good idea to, if you are a, a gay couple to get someone who does know how to pose. Because <laughs> <laughs> 500 weddings, I did a few uh, gay guys and I had a lesbian couple and it was so funny because in one room, I went into the rooms, I'm getting ready, did all you know, the usual stuff you do for a wedding and they were going, I've got this dress, my partner has no idea what it looks like, it's going to be such a surprise, she's going to be so amazed and the other girl was saying the same thing but it turned out they had identical dresses. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and so they both kind of got together but it was just so funny and everyone was <laughs> laughing but they both thought they'd done something really different but they, they looked beautiful. But actually, as a photographer, because we make the bride look, we put the lighting on the bride, and the, the man connectors are often uh, a kind of shadow from the sun. And, and I was really good at making um, heterosexual couples look good because you had all the gen the stereotypes. But yeah. if it was very, it was really different. I mean, I, I think the pictures look lovely, and it was all very good and things. Yeah, it is. It is different. It doesn't need to be radically different. You know, people are people, and there's certain lighting and, and angles that that look flattering on, on all people, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just changing your language as well in terms of, you know, usually it's say, you know, groom give the bride a kiss on her forehead or pick the bride up. And obviously when you've got a same-sex couple, you can't assume certain roles or certain stereotypes mm. and everyone has to have equal billing as well. So yeah, um, but obviously being gay myself, I, under I understand that and I appreciate that. And, and how you're spoken to has a huge impact on how you feel about yourself and the whole experience. So mm. that's key to what I do. Because you, you did your sitting girls, you didn't say, hey, I'm a photographer now and jump straight in. You did kind of uh, your own independent training with assisting and, and doing other jobs, didn't you? Yeah, so I did a lot of second shooting and obviously I did work for you and I, and I wanted to learn and soak up that information um, and just find, find my fit and find what I could offer that other people didn't. And I'm, I'm always learning. So I think if you get to the point where you think you, you don't need to learn anything, you, it's a dangerous situation to be in. When you get to the in. point, you don't think you need to learn anything. That's your start of your photography exactly. journey. Exactly. You think that there's a graph which is like, you think you know everything. And then when you realise you know nothing, that's when you're like, you are a photographer. Because yeah. you know how much there is Absolutely. to know. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'm kind of in that position now where... Um, I see other work or I, I see courses available and I think, oh, I'd love to do that. And um, 
there's different things I want to try with lighting and, and how you shoot. But also, I've got enough of my own style and my own um, niche, as it were, to look at other work and appreciate it, but be strong enough to say, but that's not my direction or that's not what I do. So it, it's a nice position to be in where you know you can learn lots, but you know you're not going to get sidetracked and down a path that's not really yourself. Because it was the World Wide Web, the internet, <laughs> we can see amazing images and it is easy like a kid in a sweet shop to go oh, I could do that I could try that yeah. but actually and I think with the internet we have to be more niche don't we and say this is what I'm, I'm going to be super awesome at this I'm going to have a little dabble at that for fun but it is about because I know I sometimes go oh I could do studio I've got all the kit I could yeah. I could do so many things but I can't because there's not enough hours in the day yeah you have to be fairly blinkered um, I think from a mental health point of view as well <laughs> yeah, yeah. you have to kind of switch off from what other people are doing and there's certain photographers that I follow that I find inspiring um, but again you have to be confident in what you're doing and switch off a little bit otherwise you you just go in all directions and you're not going to go forward and I think there's a danger about constantly looking at the competition you have to say this is who I I didn't go on that many other wedding when I started out web, websites had sort of started we didn't have maybe the real Facebook and but Instagram definitely not so there wasn't quite so many images but I didn't go and constantly study the competition. I said, this is what I'm doing, this is who I am, these are my prices, um, and I'm proud of what I'm doing. But I think that, especially for photographers, because you could just spend your whole life looking at amazing images, yeah. and you don't know how Photoshop they are, and you don't know if that was one photo from 5,000 they took, or that was, every photo is amazing. So I think yeah, that's a really good piece of advice, isn't it? Yeah, like you say, there's, there's no context, so you don't know whether that was one good one out of two taken or 200 taken. Oh. You don't know how long the photographers have been going, you don't know if they had four assistants holding lights, you don't know whether it was a star shoot or an actual wedding. Like, so. And Leibovitz, she's amazing, right? But she turns out with like a truckload of gear, yeah. and eight people, I mean, she's amazing, um, in case she's listening, which is probably not, but we, which <laughs> I'm, probably, I'm probably safe there. <laughs> and Leibovitz, in case you are, I think you're wonderful. Um, but yeah, and and all that experience, but she still does have all that support. And she does, and, I, and I've seen a clip of, of the editing process, and she sort of sat sort of to the side and a little bit back while somebody's there on Photoshop, oh, try that bit or try that bit and put a bit oh, of light yeah. there. So, you know, it's a, it's a team effort. So you and, and I remember you saying to me about, you know, seeing weddings on a beach and all golden and it was all Californian, but it ain't going to happen in, <laughs> in England, yeah. in Essex. So if you're getting married and you're looking at Australian or American uh, photographers, the life's different. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's so true. I mean, even... Or, or out in the Caribbean where you can just, you know, you don't even have to be a photographer to get beautiful pictures. Yeah, yeah, but that comes down to managing expectations as well. And, and you know, I'm, I love, you know, the, the whole backlit images taken in the golden hour and, and that's lovely and I've got those images but it might rain on your wedding day or you might be in a dark church so I think you know if you're looking at choosing a wedding photographer make sure they can photograph in all those different scenarios because mm. you don't know no, what's what? going to happen. I've had a couple of times in beautiful venues and they've had, we had an extra planning meeting I remember twice where we had this whole they had it all planned out guess what poured with rain. Yeah. And actually both of the brides said it's still been the best day of my life which was yeah. just wonderful because it their plans went completely to pot. It was not at all how they micromanage every second of their day, but they just kept smiling. Yeah. It's probably the champagne. It was yeah. a nice venue. Well, yeah, but it's, it's attitude as well. And, and uh, yeah, I think if you're prepared for all sorts of things to, to happen and, and you keep what's important at the centre of what you do, then you're going to have a fun day at, at the end of the day. But if you're somebody that's it's all for show and it's all about showing off, 
to be honest, I don't attract a lot of those couples because I'm, you know, although I take, you know, really beautiful, good quality images, I do know that in the end of the day, it's about love and, and the two I'm of you. Smiling. I say just have a big glass of champagne and be happy. <laughs> <laughs> I did do 500 weddings. Good thing. We've got to stop talking. We're going to have a little break. We're going to come back with a song that uh, Ross has chosen. When we're going to start talking about. Uh, Ross is also an author and has his own podcast. He's done some very, very clever marketing stuff. Um, but we'll be back shortly. A quick interruption to the podcast. Last week, I had the pleasure of inter- interviewing the incredible woman that is the guilty feminist, Deborah Francis White. A truly remarkable woman who has a wonderful podcast. And so if you do fancy listen, head on over to The Guilty Feminist. She really is remarkable. Uh, My interview, I managed to squeak about 15 minutes with her before she went on stage with her touring show. We'll be out a bit later in the week, but please do take a listen. She really has so many wonderful things to say about feminism and intersectionality. She's incredible. Keep an eye out for that. Back to the show. The Killers and the Man. Ross, you chose this one. Why did you choose this one? I did, because when I was starting uh, my business and I started going networking and I wasn't the most confident because I was, I was new to the profession, mm. so I felt like a newbie. And because when I uh, did my third year of my sitting girls, I was temping, so I felt a little bit of a... Not an expert in my field, really. Mm. And um, the lyrics are quite conceited and quite sort of make you strut along to to the lyrics. So I thought, I, was, I used to play it in the car when I was going to these really laddie masculine networking meetings <laughs> just to elevate <laughs> to my mindset. Like, yeah, I am the man. I know I what I'm am. doing. I can hold my own. I would I go would I not so much anymore, but when I had the, the camera and I say to my girls, I'm not going to say this on the uh, radio. You're the B-I-T-C-H with the big camera. <laughs> and I'd have Elton John, the bitch's back in my head. Dude, I kind of strut in, but I totally get it because yeah. it, it, the whole music... I think I'm allowed to say that. The station manager's gone, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, Welcome fine. to your final <laughs> radio show. Um, and it was... What's the Elton John song? I must be like that. Uh, and, and it is, that's kind of inspirational, isn't it? Because I think yeah. if you are new and you're going out networking, it is really, really scary, especially when... I think we all suffer a bit from imposter syndrome, don't we? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you're kind of yeah. like, oh, I'm a photographer, I just sit down. Am I good enough to be in the room and things? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think there's certain networking groups that didn't fit because it was all BS, really, and it wasn't authentic. And that's... BS that's, was shorthand for something, just Yeah. That's, it's not some kind of photography code. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's just, you know, you have to put your best foot forward and, and you have to have a business mindset, but you have to have some authenticity about you. So I... You know, I didn't. I started doing talks, and I was saying about, like I said, about making people feel comfortable and valuing diversity. And I just had a row of sort of these sort of sixty-year-old <laughs> businessmen looking at me like, "What on earth are you on about?" Yeah. So, uh, well, yeah. you're doing a bit, you know, for social education. Well, it was good, yeah. <laughs> but actually, that's not what you were there for. Um, and so, you, you did the network. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of networking, but you did a couple of other things which um, have a quite a, a high barrier to entry because you can't. You can turn up to a network and have a cup of coffee and speak to three people. Yeah. But you started out with a book, didn't you? I did start out with a book. Um, and the inspiration, I had a business coach. Jill. Jill, Jill Tiny. She's been on our been show. On the show. Yeah, friend of the show. Uh, friend of the show, <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, and she was instrumental in just, she put this the seed of doing a book, which I ran with because I've got an English degree and I love creative writing, so it was playing to my strengths. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and I just thought, why not create a resource that 
um, helps people to plan a wedding that isn't that doesn't dictate and doesn't assume. So mm-hmm. it's not really a, a checklist of things to do. It's more exploring just being yourself and having the strength to stand up. What's for the yourself. name of your book? So it's called How to Have a Wedding as Individual as You Are. On Amazon? Available on Amazon and Waterstones, and it's in Chelmsford Waterstones as well. About, oh. about did you go in and take photos and just get a little bit excited? I did. Well, I did. Just a t- bit. I took Lots photos excited. because um, I wrote a lot of it in Waterstones about three metres from the shelf that it's on. So that was quite oh, a nice got journey. They've got a coffee shop upstairs. So I used to go and have a coffee and write by hand and then type it up later. But yeah, so um, five months after it was on the, on the shelf. So that was pretty pretty cool but yeah I wrote the book as, as a resource um, for all couples getting married you know not just my couples but you know across the country if people are struggling and I go to wedding affairs and I did the national wedding show in April last month mm-hmm. and it was it was a big old fair and there was loads of inspiration but some couples just looked totally lost and, and I handed my book to them and said look you go and sit down go and find the champagne bar and, <laughs> and sit and read just because chill. if you haven't got a sense of who you are and what you want you're going to get sold things that you don't need or you're just going to lose your way. So it was about giving people that resource to find their way and hold their own and, and be firm in who they are. So I love that the book came from a very good place, like a very honest place. Yeah. But also it's a pretty sensible marketing and business decision, isn't it? Well, it is because I knew when I started my business that although, you know, I take good photos, one, you need to do more than just take good photos. Um, but you also... I knew that there was a bit more depth to me and I had a bit more of a, a passion for making people feel good and empowering people and it's hard to get that across um, in sort of a, a snappy social media soundbite or a, or a quick Facebook live. So yeah, writing the book just, just helped set me apart from all those other wedding photographers that are there, you mm. know, because it is an oversaturated market. So, and again, it was playing to my to my strength. And it must be nice to say you're a published author. It's really <laughs> nice to be a published author. Yeah, and it's, and it's got, it's got, it's opened doors for me. Because this is, this is, the, the, you've got another couple of books in the pipeline. I have got two or three in the pipeline. Two yeah. or three? Two or three, yeah. So I've written one. One's a children's book that I've already written about a camera. Um, one is well, we, we won't go into it. <laughs> so keep it under wraps. But yeah, so, and then Most one is really sure. different. One's more of a uh, a kind of inspirational book. But um, again, from a business point of view, it, it, I could write a book, you know, every year. But I'm focusing on building the wedding photography business. So it's kind of finding that balance between using it as a marketing tool, but not a distraction. Yeah, and you've got to be quite disciplined, don't you? You do. How many words in a book? Harry was in a book. That was a particularly <laughs> well, well, well constructed uh, question from an interview, was it? Really appropriate. <laughs> um, mine is about 30,000. So not, not too many, enough mm. to be succinct. Um, and I wanted to write it so that you could, you know, it might just be one chapter. It doesn't have to be read. Yeah, I've got the book and actually it is, it's very, you can kind of jump in and out and if something doesn't quite relate to you, what you're doing, you can jump in. Yeah, 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 because people, people get the book at different stages, so some people Ross, might have just got engaged. Ross, I've got to play the news. Oh. We've got to stop talking. Oh. <laughs> well, how appropriate was that? We had a bit of Ed Sheeran and photograph and I promise you, that was just randomly. It wasn't it came, planned at all, it wasn't was pla- it? No, 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 it wasn't. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, that sounded sarcastic. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Seriously. It wasn't planned, no. Uh, this is Carmel Jane with the Carmel Jane Talks Business Radio Show on Phoenix FM. And I'm here with Ross Wilshire. Hello. Amazing. Hello, Ross. Uh, wedding photographer. 
I've been talking about how he got started um, and things and, and, and some of his marketing ideas. And, and so he's written a book, How to Have a Wedding as Individual as You Are, available at Waterstones and Amazon. It's on yes. the shelf in Chelmsford Waterstones. Yes. yes. I'm, I'm actually... Um, Places is radio because my face is a little bit envious. <laughs> <laughs> I want to write a book too. I've written about three chapters. That's good. Yeah, it's a start. But yeah. I kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's a start. Anyway, Ross has not only written a whole book, he's got another one ready to go and another two in the pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> Just showing off now, isn't he? Um, oh, but it's super joy and I think it's amazing... Um, kind of marketing idea because you're establishing yourself as the expert not everyone can do it it's a tough thing no, to do no um, it, it is um it's one of those things that when you i, I didn't find it too difficult so when it, people are super has an english literature degree yeah. just just being clear <laughs> but again it's playing to your strengths so because you i didn't find it difficult i take for granted how impressive it sounds sometimes so i i do sort of play it down which i shouldn't um so yeah oh and so not only does he think oh knock up a couple of books. He does a podcast as well, don't you, Ross? I do do a podcast of the same name, so how to have a wedding as individual as you are. And again, it's another, it's a resource for couples getting married, um, but it's also a platform for other wedding suppliers to share their story and share their tips and share their expertise. So it's sort of giving back to some people in the industry as well. And you're kind of creating the networks and things, because this is you're up to season two now of your podcast, aren't you? I am. I'm halfway through season two, which is really cool, and I've talked to all sorts of people, from cake makers to florists to speech experts to NLP experts, all sorts of people that just have got great content, great stories, and great advice. And um, I was, I'm going to name drop here, I was speaking to Deborah Francis-White, the Guilty Feminist, on go. Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> She's had 65 million podcast downloads um, and she I said oh what about monetizing she goes no and it really came from a place of giving female comedians a platform and I think okay. when your podcast or anything like that you do comes from essentially a good place I think that really helps in the success of things if you're really doing it to monetize and as, as something, I mean, I'm sure that does work too, but I think if you can come essentially from a good place, I think it makes a difference. It does make a difference. And I think people are really savvy now, so they know when they're being sold to mm. or, or, you know, when people are being pushy. Um, I think there's kind of 80s business tips of trying to pull the wool over people's eyes or get one over over the client are, are long gone. So, yeah, you have to be authentic in, in your reasons for doing things, absolutely. So where do you get your guests from? Just networking? And um, yeah, so the first series, it's very much people uh, within my sort of close circle of networking contacts. So obviously I know florists and cake makers and, and then it's sort of grown from there and it's people have recommended and... And because of the book and because of the podcast, people know my brand. So they're, they're recommending people that have the same ethos mm. of, you know, not just going to the motions and valuing diversity and, and you know, better representation of, of minority groups within the industry. So they're not just saying, oh, I know somebody who does X, Y and Z. They're saying, I know somebody who aligns with your values, which is really important as well. And there's no stopping this man. Because not only did he start his business, he's <laughs> written three books and got a podcast. You actually are now doing training, aren't you? I do. So I started um, what I call tech-free photography training. Um, so it's all about storytelling and using what if, if you've just got a phone camera, then um, everyone on the last course just turned up with their telephone, their mobile phone. Um, and just give them tips that are jargon-free to help them take mm. better photos. And it was amazing, actually, because, you know, people turned up not knowing anything, and I, and I you know, it's, I didn't know how to pitch it, I didn't know whether to go in too deep or mm. keep it light. 
Um, Can I probably handy that everyone turned up just with a phone? Because you weren't, no one's going to turn up with a five grand uh, SLR. No, <laughs> no. I mean, the next day I did do one that was a bit more technical. But actually, that first day of tech-free photo training, the feedback was incredible. And, and people's language changed. So by the end of the day, they were like, oh, we're just waiting for the sun to go behind the clouds. So we're just going to get a bit lower. Otherwise, that's in the shot. And those are the things that, that make good photos, really. It's not having all the kit. So... Yeah, people walked away, and, and and then you know people were posting their holiday photos the other day online, and somebody's like, "Wow, they're great photos!" And they said, "Yeah, we learnt from Ross." And then oh. somebody's booked on the course, so they're Brilliant. you know they're selling them for me, which is really good. I do, I do think with again with things like Instagram, the standard and digital, because you can look at it and take you know people take twenty photos now rather than one. Yeah. And I um I did uh, a couple of years ago now, probably twenty two years ago, that's your age. Uh, <laughs> I travelled overland from London to Nepal. I went to the most Iran, Pakistan, wow. amazing countries, and I've got all my 35 mil snapshots they're not very good they're really <laughs> not very good but at the time they were fine but because of course you would I mean I now know if I'd had a, a phone or a digital camera yeah. I would have taken incredible photos yeah um, but that has changed it so much isn't it? and we're used to now seeing well composed well lit storytelling images we are but I, I don't think people know why they know one's good and one's not but they don't really know why oh. so it's sort of bridging that gap in knowledge of well this is this is why that one works this is why it doesn't or just you know just moving two inches or bending your knees slightly can have such a such an impact and when people are doing it and trying it and realizing you don't have to you know you don't have to do three years of sitting guilds to improve your <laughs> photography i did um yeah it's just okay, can we say too that you know iphone photos are great but they're not going to blow up to be big powerful no ones. they're not but most <laughs> and you can't do a wedding on an iphone no right? you can't you can't because somebody said to me well if you teach people how to do it they won't need you and i'm like well, that's not really gonna happen i don't think i'm gonna everyone on my sort of course is gonna take their little camera phone and go off to do a wedding so I'm, I'm pretty safe but people just yeah, want better holiday people photos. people taking snapshots and they're, they're doing it like back at a window and you go look if you just turn around and the lovely light from the windows on your face you look so much better do you do that to people? I do. It, well, it depends if I like them <laughs> or not. <laughs> if I'm feeling generous that day but I might share it. I guess it's true it, yeah. like what, what we know like there's a big window that's lovely light why wouldn't you face that window and people just forget don't they? Yeah yeah, they do and I mean to be honest well, they don't know actually even, well no they don't know and, and I'm you know, I probably shouldn't say this, but like I make basic errors when I'm videoing for you know, Facebook Live and stuff. And I'm like, why was I there? Why wasn't I over there? Mm. And it's the same principles, but it, you know. Look around your frame. Look yeah. All the way well, that was the, one of the key things I learned at City Girls because my tutor, we hated him at the time because he was a real stickler <laughs> for, you know, he wasn't into sort of fancy compositions. It, it was storytelling and, you know, looking at every corner of the frame. And, and one of the things I teach is, um, you know, make sure everything in the photo is adding up to the same story. So don't have something distracting or don't have a colour that doesn't work because that takes away from the power of the, the story you're telling. So it, it is making sure everything adds up and less is more sometimes. Brilliant. We're going to take a little break and when we come back we're going to introduce Lucy Newson who is my second photographer of the day and it turns out Lucy and Ross are chums. We are. They're all through the <laughs> networking so we'll be back shortly. Ah, that was a lovely song. Years and years, Eyes Shut, chosen by Ross. Why this one, Ross? Um, when I was writing the book I had a few sort of doubts as to whether what I said had value or I thought, oh, another photographer's not going to agree with this or who am I to say this? And then I watched a documentary by Ollie Alexander from years and years called Growing Up Gay. Um, all about his anxiety that he still has and all his self-doubts and he went through his journals and I was like, yeah, that's who I'm writing it for, people that don't feel comfortable being themselves for whatever reason. So it really helped me focus and know who my who my clients were and who I was talking to. Mm. 
brilliant. That was a lovely song. I've never heard that before. Uh, welcome, Lucy. Hiya. Oh, good. Hi. We're not sure which <laughs> microphone's working, but we can hear her. Just talk up nice and loud, Lucy. Lucy and Ross, you actually met at Carmel Jane Photography, didn't you? We did. We met in... Oh, sorry, welcome, Lucy. Hi. Uh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Today's show, well, it's half an hour late. It's not gone quite according to plan. Carmel Jane Talks Business Show every Wednesday, one till three. Uh, right, we're, we're back on track now. We have two photographers in. Lucy Newson. Oh, I can't see over the computer. Yeah. Hello. 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 <laughs> uh, um, and you met at Carmel Jane Photography, but then you've kind of come back together again through... Well, um, yeah, we met, we were sort of sat on... Uh, desk next to each other editing some of your work or one of your <laughs> one of your start work <laughs> one of my start work yeah and um, as you do five minutes after meeting you say you're on Instagram what's your you know Mm-mm. Instagram handle <laughs> so we were sort of looking at each other's photos and Lucy's photos are incredible so um, oh, yeah and then we've just been sort of messaging and liking and commenting and then I saw one of uh, Lucy's photos the other day and I was like I know that girl and her horse. That's I'm doing her wedding this month, and and so yeah, we've got even got shared clients now. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. and then I put that I was coming here, and she's like, I'm coming here as well. So yeah, one of us is stalking the other one, but I don't know I, which way around it I is. D- I wasn't kind of brave enough to have them both on at once because I'm still fairly new to this uh, radio show game, um, and I just was worried about doing. Uh, interviewing two people at once, but I think we're okay. We're going to have a little, little bit of a crossover and then we'll be talking to Lucy more. How old are you, Lucy? I'm 20. You're 20. She's 20 and she's oh had a, she's an extremely determined young woman and um, and she now you do beautiful and they really are oh, um, horse and dog photography and, and particularly the horse photography because I photograph people and I've never really photographed many am- animals but you, it's really weird. Like you get the connection between rider and horse in a way that is beautiful and very, very personal. And I think it's very much about people. Does that, that's what you go for? Yeah, I, um, so what I try and do is in the equine shoot, I don't do so much standing and posing and smiling because when they go to show and shows and bits and pieces like that, you're always standing there, you're putting on sort of um, a disguise that you're not, you're, look, you're always, you know, smile happy and posed. Whereas more in the equine shoots, we go for more a lifestyle, so we go around your favourite bits of the yard and it's more catching the connection so I don't pose them. I just ask them to stand. There might be a way if they're leaning too far one way or something, it might give them a slight change. It's just like doing a wedding, isn't it? <laughs> it is, I was just thinking <laughs> that. It's, like, it's very, very similar. similar. Connection. Very similar. Connection. Yeah, you could go on to weddings eventually, go, yeah, I can photograph horses, <laughs> I can photograph anyone. <laughs> might be horse weddings one day, you never know. <laughs> Well, she is, um, the client is bringing her horse, isn't she, on Friday? Oh, so, yes. yeah. What, the, the wedding's on Friday? Yeah, and she's bringing her horse to it. Wow, so, yeah. she's riding it in. Is she coming in like Lady Godiva? I don't know if that's on brand for me, Lady Godiva. But yeah, no, it should. <laughs> you know what, I just realised I said that. I have no idea because I knew she was on a horse. Should we not, where, should we not go there on, my, on the show? I don't know. Perhaps it's weird. Perhaps that's my mind. No, I don't know. Perhaps it's fine. I don't know. It'll be, it'll be beautiful <laughs> anyway. Anyway, back to the horse. So, um... She's coming in on a horse for a wedding. She's not coming in on it, but the horse is coming after the ceremony, I think, and the dogs for a photo shoot. Ah. But actually, I, that's the third bride I've had that's brought their horse. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that's a, a niche in itself, but, yeah. <laughs> well, you guys can get together again. You've got a horse for a wedding, yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Where are we on time? My goodness. Uh, funny old day today. So, um... Lucy's very young and she kind of did it almost similar to you, Ross, when you, but you haven't actually had any formal training. Um, I did an evening course for two years. No, that's right. But um, that was only one evening a week. Do you know my husband joked? When you won an award, he went, Carmel, all the photographers there, including yourself, you've only got one award-winning photographer. (laughs) (laughs) And you you won the photo of the year at your college or something, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, Yeah, It was more of a Christmas sort of themed thing, so... 
It was good. Yeah. Very good. And you had two years at Carmel Jane Photography, and you were yeah. always. Um, and I do like to grow people. I think, you know, people go, oh, you're Starfleet. Oh, you know, I don't, I don't want people to stay in here. And you came to me when you were only 17, didn't you? Yes, yeah, so I came straight. I did my um, A-level exams. And then during the exams, I actually came and worked for you over the summer. So mm-hmm. I was doing the exams and going backwards and forwards. And then stayed on part-time and then started full-time later that year. Brilliant. Never left. That's very good. Yeah. No, I'm pleased. You know, and you're going on doing bigger and better things. And we're going to have to say goodbye to you, Ross. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So me and Ross got back in contact with each other. I think, yeah, pop in for a coffee three hours later. I know, it's terrible, isn't (laughs) it? We've done all right. We've only been an hour of chatting. That's quite (laughs) succinct for us, isn't it? So, yeah. No, thank you so much for having me. And keep it the good one. I do love that you're very true to who you are and what you do. And you you just take just beautiful, just there's just something lovely about your, and just warm and loving about your images which is, is brilliant and um, I'm still going to be completely blunt and say I'm so jealous that you've written three books and I haven't done one yet <laughs> uh, two and a half so don't feel too bad two and a half yeah, no, yeah. you may have ten books by the end of the year. No, but just really really clever stuff and, and staying true to who you are and, and, and brilliant things and, and the training so Rosh Ross Wilshire, W-I-L-L-S-H-E-R photography and the training courses all this details are going to be on Phoenix um, FM um, if you want to follow up but uh, highly Highly recommended. Thank you very Ross, much. We'll catch up soon. We'll have yes. a look at another three-hour coffee session. <laughs> and you, you. you can inspire me to write my books. Okay, brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. Brilliant. See you soon. wonderful a huge thank you to my delightful friend Ross Wilshire Ross Wilshire photography for really fantastic sensitive beautiful wedding photography thank you so much for coming in Ross and I hope everyone that listened really really enjoyed that if you have enjoyed this why don't you rate review and subscribe the Carmel Jane Talks Business podcast it really really does help other people find us and hear more about what we're trying to do go out there and remember dream bigger believe bigger and make a difference. See you next week.